Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph, where myself, Catherine Whitaker, is in Paris and joined by The Telegraph's tennis correspondent, Simon Briggs. Simon, you've been double dipping today. You've not only been writing for The Telegraph, you've also been commentating for the BBC on the biggest story in town. Yeah, that was an amazing match um, and an even better press conference. Uh, Serena Williams, I've never seen her look so happy as she did in the interview room afterwards, which was lovely, really. Well, what do you make of that? So the, the facts are that she won through in straight sets against Kristina Pliskova, although there's a lot more to it than, than those raw facts. And uh, in the intervening period between the match and the, and the press conference, I heard a lot of people saying, oh, I'm not how, sure how pleased she'll be with that. She didn't. She certainly seemed to be a long way off her best. And then she comes into the press conference completely beaming and, and more giving of her time than I think we've seen of Serena in many years, probably. Yeah, she was glowing with bonhomie. I mean, I don't think Serena's been a bad person to interview over the years at all. Uh, as I've said on the tennis podcast many times, Venus is terrible. Uh, Serena has been interesting, sometimes uh, uh, grumpy, uh, sometimes quite funny, uh, many different moods. She often talks about herself as having different personalities and gives them different names. But I haven't seen that one before. This is the, the, the post-maternity uh, personality, and it's extremely upbeat, smiley, and full of joy. Do you think that had anything to do with the performance or do you think she would have been that way regardless of the performance? No, I think uh, uh, she wanted to win. I mean, I think the win was what she was after, hook or by crook. And it wasn't a great performance by any means. But look, I mean, who's going to come back after the story of her last 50 months or whatever it is now? And, and play cracking tennis on their first day? You just can't do that. I mean, not even a superhuman... Uh, dressed in a superhero catsuit can do that. We'll come on to that, Simon. We'll come on to that. Don't <laughs> worry. Well, do you get the impression that now she's got that win under her belt, she can kick on from here? Or do you think she's so far from her best on the basis of today's performance that, that perhaps winning or reaching the latter stages is out of her grasp? I don't see her doing well here. I don't see her beating Barty, to be honest. I mean, uh, I was watching Pliskova. Pliskova doesn't seem to play with much nows to me. Uh, she, she's got some weapons... But if you look at the number of times she's blaring the ball, going for 100% power when there's massive slices of court that are open. If you look at the way that 
the things that made um, Williams uncomfortable today were were moving to the short balls, were dealing with the awkward shots, the the, the ones that aren't regulation, the, the the improvisations, the drop shots. They were horrible. You know, I mean, the actual ground strokes were solid. She was uh, well rehearsed. She she didn't move great, but she moved okay. She got to the backhand corner and did her sort of splits, Djokovic type retrieval shots. That was solid. But yeah, if you move her around um, and, and, and give her different propositions, I think that's what Barty's good at. I mean, you couldn't imagine a more different opponent for Serena in the second round to the first. Ash Barty and Christina Pliskova are polar opposites in tennis terms. Exactly, and so you're going from somebody with um, some natural gifts but a pretty low tennis IQ, I think. Uh, sorry, uh, Christina, but that was my impression of that match today, to, uh, to a really creative, thoughtful and... Um, versatile player and that's why I think Serena's likely to get exposed in the next round. Do you think that will be termed an upset? Well we're we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves I could be completely wrong as as you know. If it were to happen though on the basis of what's happened today given the reaction that you've seen the atmosphere around the place of the people the journalists etc having watched Serena's performance would her losing to Barty in the next round be a shock? Uh, I don't know, it's a little bit almost like Kvitova, isn't it, coming back last year? It's all about the first match. I mean, there are people here who think, oh, it's a big deal in terms of actually Serena being a contender, but I've I've never seen that. You know, when she was uh, pulling out of Madrid and Rome, you can't come into the French on the the back of of no clay court matches and win it. I just don't see it. And it's more a question of building for the grass where she'll be at her best I, I think the interesting thing is will she go in, in for Eastbourne and will she well if I was her I would I mean I remember her doing that when she came back from the mysterious foot injury what was that about eight years ago uh, and it was it was wonderful I mean a little bit like Novak last year uh, a big fish in a small town and he loved it as well and he won the tournament uh, he didn't win Wimbledon obviously <laughs> As that Serena Williams dealt with, just before we move on... Well, yes, I know, I know, I know. Uh, well, as you know, I just need to preface this because I have sort of set out my store on many a previous podcast as being somebody that doesn't like to talk about tennis outfits. But that is not because I don't like outfits or clothes or it doesn't interest me. It's because of the misogyny with which those conversations are laced. So what I suggest we do here is cover... Kyle Edmonds' outfit and Ooh. Serena Williams' outfit no, in the same in the same conversation. Simon, are you on board with that? Well, there's a, you, you've got a, a, a get off scot free clause about the Serena Williams' outfit because she raised it as a technical uh, piece of equipment. Quite seriously, straight. It looked pretty hot and sweaty to me. <laughs> that was my no, first reaction. No, 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 no. Was uh, you look like you're going to be sweating buckets in that? Yeah, but seriously and straight faced, she says I'm wearing a lot of pants at the moment because of my blood clots. Oh, so it's kind of like um, compression tights. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, somebody said to me uh, quite seriously. They suggested, suggested to me, has she got a knee problem? Because they've been looking at all the pictures ever since she came back to the Morata glue and she was always in pants, right? Now, I think... We're using the American... By pants, do you yeah, mean? Yeah, sorry, let's clarify. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the superhero pants going over the catsuit, that, that would have been a different kind of Marvel look. But um, and she did say it was inspired by uh, Black Panther, the, the Marvel Wakanda movie. Um, I hope I pronounced that right. We're going with it, Simon. So anyway, uh, the point is that I think that was why she's been wearing these leggings um, ever since she came back. And so it's actually a valid tennis issue. 
but she also on the on the court uh, it pointed to its sort of the female empowerment element element of it. She said, "Look, this cat suit for anyone that hasn't seen that's been locked in a cupboard for the past twenty four hours." Serena Williams wore a uh, lycra black cat suit on court today, uh, and she said, "Look, this is this is for new mums out there that are trying to." do their thing among a million other things that are going on and what could be more fierce than a cat suit and my assessment of it was I'm never going to wear a, a black lycra cat suit she's not inspired me to wear a black lycra cat suit but she did make me sort of feel vaguely empowered and I think <laughs> great good on you you know I yeah what yeah what how could you not how could you not sort of marvel at, at the at the sight of someone just you know not giving two hoots about the fact that there'll be you know countless people out there saying oh my goodness you know various insert disparaging comment about (laughs) um serena's physique here which you know we're certainly not going to be doing on this tennis podcast on to the next uh very balanced uh outfit related Uh, topic which you have been tweeting about today simon you cared just as much about kyle's outfit kyle edmund's outfit who incidentally was victorious and very, very good today against Alex de Menauer out on court number three. Talk me through the outfit, Simon. Well, I quite liked it. It's um, It's got that kind of licorice all sorts stripe across the, the, the centre of the chest. Kyle also was asked about his outfit in press, so that there, there's more yeah, gender yeah, equality yeah. for you. And Hashtag said, equality. Yeah. And said um, that he'd been... Uh, uh, approached by some player who said he looked like he was playing for Sampdoria. I mean, my Italian football ain't that great that I can I can actually work out which part of the outfit that re- relates to. But it is it's the same um, basic shape that the, uh, the Nike were using in Australia, wasn't it? But they had a, a, a sort of pink. Was it Australia? They had a pink and black. They had a pink um, color scheme. And what's actually nice, I think, is they got this this sort of. Um, teal type blue that they're wearing here. I was going to say teal. Yeah, I'm glad you agree. There's been there's been a, a bit of discussion about the exact shade of blue, but I'm glad we're in agreement there. Consult Farrow and Ball. Uh, <laughs> oh, they'd have some really waffy name uh, for it. Yeah, they, 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 they'd call it uh, aquamarine. No, that, that, no, that, that wouldn't be wild enough for them. <laughs> they they call it peacock's tail or something, wouldn't they? <laughs> Um, but uh, I have no issue with the colour. Just to insert my thoughts here, my issue was the, the matching socks. <laughs> it's just sort of a bridge too far. Do you know what I mean? Too much. Well, I don't know. I, I thought you looked rather good. But the, the point about the colour is it looks good on the red clay, um, and it was a nice. Uh, it it, it nice photographs contrast. well, I suspect. And uh, Carl, well, Carl was really good today, wasn't he? Particularly, I was. I was quite frustrated because I didn't get to write back Cameron Norrie yesterday because there were no photographers on the court. Were there really not any? Maybe they were planning to go for latter sets, which which didn't happen. That's the whole point. They were sort of rotoring between matches, and they were going to the women's matches first because they're always likely to be shorter. Then by the time they came to Norrie's match, they couldn't get on the court. Therefore, I had to re-address my my piece, partly because we didn't have any decent photos of the fella. should have drawn a quick cartoon of him, submitted it to the desk. Whereas Carl, as you say, was looking spankingly good. I mean, I think Alex de Menor could... If he gone through the draw and said who do you want to play in the first round could he have picked a more perfect opponent particularly as they actually trained together um in the bahamas um he was a perfect opponent yeah because the menor is rhythm uh, and power and predictability and you know excellent uh, resilience tenacity and, and retrievals but he can't he can't hurt kyle 
because kind of a lot of those things, but with the weapons and with the with the tenacity now and like the intensity he's got he's relentless now he doesn't have lapses in concentration that for me is is one of the most impressive things yes it's a sort of haymaker after haymaker he's a bit like Tyson in his heyday isn't he he's coming in and and he's completely um, the first shot wasn't it The, the, the first point I think the fourth shot of the rally on the first point was this vicious backhand up the line the, the one where he slightly faded it sort of from inside to out and it was just like right <laughs> this is going to be done in under two hours and as soon as he hit that shot as, as Tyson always says uh, everyone has got a plan against me until they get punched in the face and that was kind of that moment so I'm guessing Kyle is getting a lot of space in the paper tomorrow Serena as well is there room for anything else not really no no um, not even Jack Sock no we, we just went to see Jack Sock just to, to try and check out why he might have said to the umpire I think he said to her, um, I'm the player, I can do whatever I want, you're only here because I'm here, or something like that. On the face of it, Simon, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't sound great. Yeah, and he was claiming that both he and his opponent, I mean, I know he, we didn't speak to Zop, so I wasn't able to confirm what Zop thought about it, but uh, he claimed that both he and Zop had felt that six to eight line calls were incorrect and that she had a big impact on the the direction of the match and that this was very frustrating but I think you can tell from his attitude generally that uh, he's just not respectful to people and uh, seems to be biting him in the arse a bit his attitude at the moment and uh, perhaps that's what he deserves. Is it the case of one of these things where if if you were being backed up with results that kind of bit of attitude would be a lot more tolerable? No? Totally not. I mean, some of these would be worse if you, if you feel like. Yeah, <laughs> I'm you, trying to. I'm trying to cut the guy some slack here, Simon. Slack for sock. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I, I, he's uh, he's not making many friends at the moment. I think, and uh, not picking up many points either. I mean, he, he, I think he's outside the top hundred in the race this year. And he's now removed from the little section of the jaw that Denis Shapovalov is in, who made his French Open debut this morning and it's another one that on paper looks pretty straightforward um, but he was a breakdown in both of the first two sets really he was 5-2 down in the first set and really had to fight through and and continues to win fans the world over yeah I mean his first match at Roland Garros and uh, I I was actually watching that on TV uh, and it was interesting when you got to to the third set and the audience were cheering quite strongly for Millman and I felt they were cheering strongly for Milman because they loved watching Shapovalov so much. They wanted him to go to a fourth set. So it was a weird kind of backwards compliment, if you see what I mean. What do you think of the fact that he was on Longlen? And, uh, well, I mean, this might be conflating two separate scheduling controversies, but Muguruza Kuznetsova were over on court one simultaneously. On the third court, two former champions, the world number four, I think, Muguruza. What do you make of that? Yeah, she's a real contender here. No, that was... That was uh definitely underbilling for them and uh, it was a great match as well uh, so yeah I think the Roland Garros haven't necessarily got, got their their uh, plans quite lined up um, this morning it, 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 was it 
was it the first on the second yeah they were both first on it sort of started off this morning and then then ended up being well into the afternoon because we had a a rain delay of uh, around about an hour and a half two hours in the middle of the day although it's turned out to be absolutely glorious as i say that i've looked over into the distance simon and it looks like mordor over there but anyway (laughs) uh, we'll endeavor to get the podcast uh, finished before mordor mordor encroaches on roland garros um Elsewhere, there have been, I don't think, too many upsets. I saw Caroline Garcia go through in absolutely bulldozing fashion over Yuan Duan of uh, China. That was real statement tennis from her. Simona Halep didn't get played today because matches went so long on Philippe Chatrier. One of the matches uh, that was inserted into the schedule was the resumption of Rafael Nadal against Simone Bolelli. It was only half a set's worth of tennis, but it didn't disappoint, did it? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't able to watch much of it because Carl was on at the same time, but I did catch some of Bolelli's drop shots, which were causing plenty of uh, you know, admiration and uh, entertainment. Um, and Bolelli is a really great player to watch. Uh, he's clearly never been highly ranked. He's not necessarily put it together. Maybe he's, he's not one of those guys who necessarily comes out on top when, when things get really tough, but he's, he's got a lovely, kind of slightly dilettantish approach to tennis, hasn't he? And Grand Slam doubles champion. Yep. So he's a, he's a kind of cavalier, and uh, Rafa obviously came back and, and, and equalised, having gone in love three down in that, in that third set, came back and equalised very quickly, and then they went to a tie-break. I did watch that, actually. The tie-break was good, and um, uh, <laughs> Bellelli had a 6-3 up, and then Rafa did some classic Rafa uh, reeling in and, and pulled out some crunching forehand winners and, and, and got it done in straight sets, didn't he? What do you make of the fact that... So, as I understand it, and I got this information from Mats Verlander, so I'm not going to question it for a moment. As I understand it, what happened yesterday was after the second set, which, of course, Rafa won to go two sets to love up, he was informed by the referee that they had about 10 to 15 minutes more worth of tennis to play, and he was offered the chance to either go off then or continue playing, and he elected to continue playing and the fact that he went three love down in that third set it ended up looking like a a slightly poor decision Matt's take on that is that he's not thinking that clearly he's edgy he's nervous he's not quite in the right headspace yet that's not to say that he won't get there over the course of the next six matches but he wasn't fully convinced Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. 
being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Kevin Anderson, a winner. John Isner, a winner. Two of those three sets of his tie-break sets. Fabio Fanini, also a winner today. I know you think he is a potentially troublesome third-round opponent for Kyle Edmund. Yeah, well, that's a pretty comprehensive win over Andahar as well, 4-2-1. and one. Uh, Fanini, well, anyone who saw him take Andy apart, Andy Murray in uh, Naples during the Davis Cup knows what, what a lethal clay court player he can be. So many options, such a loose arm can hit shots you just don't see coming and disguise everything so well so he has got the ability to maybe neutralize Edmund's power that very few people would have Kiki Burton's also in a 6-2-6-1 over Arena Sabalenka watch this space for Kiki Burton's because nobody talks about her no one ever talks about her she's the lesser spotted clay court specialist uh, but she was blooming good today Angelique Kerber also a winner very very quickly Simon the order of play tomorrow sees Cameron Norrie play on mm. coach Philippe Chatrier last on against Luca Puy. He really thinks he's got a good chance in that. Do you think he's right to? Yeah, he's not He's not um, dead and buried in that one by any means. I mean, he's full of confidence. He's awkward. He's got lots, lots of spin on that lefty forehand, which can be really difficult to deal with. His serve is going great against... How do you say it? Gojo Zik? Goyovchik. Oh. I've been in, I was saying Goyovic until Sunday, and then uh, I got corrected by a German to Goyovchik. I, I created an acronym for myself so that I could remember how to spell it. I've also been corrected on Fuchovic, which is Kyle Edmund's next opponent. I had been saying Fuchovic, and it's Fuchovic. Well, that's good that's to know. Direct from the mouth of a Hungarian, Simon. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so uh, he was serving big in that first round for the 41 minutes that it did last. Are we getting a bit carried away on Scandi evidence? Is that what your, what your snigger suggests there? Not at all. I just know. I, I, I just have a little feeling about Cameron Norrie against Luca Puy tomorrow. Well, I mean, there's always that thing about French players on Chatrier as well. It's like um, certain football crowds that can turn on their players quickly if they're not attacking enough or showing enough gumption, you know. And that happens here regularly. Heather Watson, just in quick Brit watch update, takes on uh, Elise Mertens. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> Any chance of an upset there? Look, regardless of we, what we all think, she's proved us all wrong because she told us on the eve of the tournament, I feel really confident, I really believe I can, well, you know, at least win my first match here. Not many people gave her a chance. She did it. It wasn't a great match, was it? Let's be fair. <laughs> no, but... You know that she was playing an opponent that gave her no rhythm at all. No, absolutely, it's, it's difficult. If it's either a winner or an unforced star, I'm she, doing she, my she best gave, here, she, Simon. She gave the backboard quite a lot of rhythm. <laughs> 
Okay, I think I'll take that as an answer for you on uh, Heather Watson against Elise Mertens. Any other upsets tomorrow? Djokovic going to make it through? Halep? The usual suspects? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, at this point I'm running out of answers because I just haven't had time to really look at the schedule tomorrow. Well, that's because the order of play only came out about four minutes ago because uh. they're, they're not doing a particularly great job of, um, of being timely, shall we say, with the order of play. Um, we'll leave it there, shall we, Simon? It's been an absolute pleasure... What's going to be in Telegraph tomorrow? Edmund, Serena? That's it. I mean, they're two big stories. But there's a lot of space in the Telegraph over this fortnight, isn't there, for tennis? It's getting a lot of attention. Yeah, I hope you noticed our eight-page French Open pullout on Saturday, which was full of some peerless content. <laughs> and uh, I, I think we've been... Uh, I can't claim to be outwriting my rivals, but I think I am outspacing them. <laughs> For more peerless content, do continue to check out The Telegraph uh, throughout the French Open fortnight. We are brought to you in association with The Telegraph, with our three executive producers, Triple S, Melanie Bowes and TennisBalls.com, with La Manga Club and also with our podcast mascot, Charlie the Ferret. We'll be back tomorrow. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market